Turn with me in your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4. Y'all ever read Nehemiah? Boy, you need to. (laughs) You want to see a good example of somebody that's uh, just wanting to stand up and fight for something God's put in their heart? It's a perfect example of that. Against all odds, because God had ordered it. Nehemiah chapter 4, starting verse 13. And what's happened up to this point is uh, Nehemiah went to the king and said, Hey, I hear that the walls of Jerusalem and the gates are all torn down. He said, We need to go fix it. So he has gotten uh, orders from the king to go and do this. Now, what's important about that? Well, you see, as he went forth, he's going to encounter... Many different people, many different forms of opposition. But what he had was papers saying, I am here under the authority of the king. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Alright. Just because it's raining outside don't mean it's time to take a nap. Verse 13, Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall. And we're already kind of past the point where he's there in Jerusalem. They're working on the walls in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places. I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked up, I looked and rose up and said, unto the nobles, and to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them, remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. Y'all hear that? You have to remind yourself sometimes that the Lord you serve is great and terrible. It's not terrible towards you, but terrible toward your enemy, right? The Word tells us that if He's for us, nobody can be against us. I'm trying to encourage y'all this morning, so if y'all don't wake up here in just a little bit, I'm going to have to keep getting louder and louder and louder. Eventually, you're going to either have to leave or you're going to have to join in. (laughs) So let's go. Be not ye afraid of them, remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, and your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Don't worry about the enemy that's coming against you. Fight! Fight for your family, fight for your homes, fight for this cause, right? God is on your side. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto his work. And it came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears and the shields, and the bows and the habergons, and the rulers were behind all of the house of Judah." They which build it on the wall, they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. That's a tough situation, ain't it? They are trying to go about what God has commissioned them to do. They're trying to build these walls, and they have the enemy just waiting to attack. So while they're, I can imagine them, 
You ever seen anybody lay brick? See, that's what my dad did. He laid brick. And I'd go work with him during the summer. Y'all, it takes two hands to lay brick. One hand to place the brick, the other one with the trial to knock the mud off and to put the mud down. But can you imagine these guys holding a sword in one hand and they put the brick and they grab the, you know, ready to fight just any minute because somebody may come and attack and there they have to be with their sword ready to attack them back, right? That's a tough situation, hard to even imagine. You know, we have our soldiers today. I've seen uh, some video of, of actual war situations. And they have these big barriers. I don't know what they even call them, but they're about this big. They fill them with sand. And they, they build walls out of these things. And that's what they get behind for protection. They don't have to worry about rounds penetrating through that. But can you imagine what it's like when they're building it? People firing at them all the time. They have to stop what they're doing, take cover and return fire. All the time they're under attack trying to build this wall. How did they feel? Think about this now. These people just come out of captivity. They're in captive in Babylonia. They just came out of that. So there's no resources here, right? They came back to a barren wasteland pretty much. Nobody's there uh, with a grocery store. They can just go buy groceries at will. Nobody's there uh, on, on lookout for them. They have to do it themselves. Right? So you understand the situation they're in. They don't have reinforcements coming if things get too bad. What they have is what they have. They have to somehow eke out a living in this dry, barren land. All all the while, the enemy is closing in on them. Now, I drew, drew a picture for you now. Turn over to Psalms chapter 85. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 85, verse 1. These are the same people. Y'all know what Psalms is, right? Book of Psalms. Verse 1, Lord, Thou hast been favorable unto Thy land. Y'all need to start your prayers off like this now. Do you hear what I'm saying? Lord, Thou hast been favorable unto Thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. That's... He's brought the captive out, is what that means. You've brought us back to our land. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Why were they in captivity? Because of their sin, they turned from God. God's forgiven them of that. He's, they've been able to get out of captivity. God's favor is returning to them. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Y'all, it's not good to have God opposing you. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. You see, 
when they're in this situation where they're fighting day and night, tooth and nail, just to survive, it can sometimes feel like God's anger is directed toward you. Right? Y'all identify with that. Have you ever been in a situation where you say, God, why me? What did I do? Forgive me, God. Turn us, O God, of our salvation and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Revive us again, he said. You see, there was a time when the Jewish nation, the Israelites, <clears throat> were serving God. There was a time when they were a force to be reckoned with in the promised land. There was a time when people heard the name of Israel and they trembled in fear, not because of those people, but because they knew they had something on their side that was greater than their armies. They may not have worshipped the God of Israel, but they recognized His power. He said, revive us again. Bring us back to the place where we can serve you and your favor is upon us. Bring us back to a place where your presence dwells with us. Do you remember that? Remember how it was with Israel. They carried the presence of God with them. The Ark of the Covenant was with them. It was in the Holy of Holies. In that tabernacle Moses created, there was a time when the presence of God would come into that place. And everywhere they went, they took it, they would set that tabernacle back up in the presence of God, would come in and fill it. God went with them. They said, God, if you're not going with us, we're not going. So whoever wrote this psalm is saying, God, revive us. Revive us, Lord. Jeremiah talked about that valley of dry bones and how the Spirit of God brought life into them. He rose up an army out of those dry bones. Y'all, I'm here today to tell you that you need to be revived. Don't worry about the sin that you've had in your past. Don't worry about the ways that you have forsaken God and turned from Him. Turn back to Him now and begin to pray, God, let Your favor come back into my life. God, let Your blessing be upon me. Father, revive me that once again You will go before me and prepare my steps before I ever step them. We need that kind of a relationship with God. We need to remember the old ways. Remember the way the Word tells us that we should serve Him. Remember that it's not a casual experience with God. I have never one time had a casual experience with God. God either is there or He's not. Y'all know what I'm talking about? See, when God shows up, His presence is overwhelming. 
His presence will make you stand in awe of Him if you can stand. Every time I've encountered God, He has spoken into my, my very being words of life. He's given me hope. He's encouraged me. He's always brought me to a new place when I encounter Him. A new level of understanding. A new level, deep, deeper relationship with Him. The Word says it's precept upon precept, right? He doesn't ever have to go back and redo it again. He can just keep building on it. Revive us, Lord. Revive us. That's what your heart should be crying today. You should be crying out saying, Lord, revive me. Bring me back to where I ought to be if I'm not there already. Lord, show me a new way. Show me a new direction. If I've gotten off course, redirect my path. Forgive me for forsaking you. Forgive me for looking to some other God. Forgive me for looking to someone else for the answers to my problems. Who did Nehemiah turn to? He turned to God. You see, he knew he couldn't go do this on his own. God ordered his steps. He directed him. He provided everything he needed. He went to the king. You know, he had a certain way of speaking to the king. You don't just go and talk to kings casually, right? Let's face it, even if you don't worship the man, you need to respect his authority. And he would, he would say, you need to read this book, I'm telling you. He would say, oh king, if it please you, let me go. Oh king, if it please you, give me this, give me that. Give me papers that people would know are coming under your authority. See, he would never tell him this is what needs to happen. This is the way you need to do it. Because God said, no, he said, king, if it please you. You know why he could do that? You know why he could speak to the man that way? Because God had already given him the favor. God had already went before him. You understand what I'm saying today, church? God will go before you and prepare the people in your path. God will go ahead of you and move the opposition out of the way. If you will keep your eyes fixed on Him, you will know the right path. We wonder sometimes, why do we face opposition so strong? It's because we're not following Him. We're not depending on Him. We're trying to do it ourselves. But God will prepare the way. We read... Wednesday night about John the Baptist. How he was sent to prepare the way for the Lord. He called people to repentance. He was a witness. That was his purpose was to witness about the one that would come after him. So when Jesus showed up, there were people that were already reminded of what the Word said. They were already prepared to hear what he had to say. Because someone went before him. Do y'all know why John did that? Because God told him to. See, God went before Jesus, prepared the way. God will do it for you too if you will turn from your wicked ways. 
Y'all, I'm not being kind. I'm not trying to condemn you today. I'm not trying to preach blast, uh, 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 fire and brimstone to you today. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to tell you that there is an order in things. And when you get things in the right order, y'all, people say all the time, well, there's no formula to serving God. I want to object to that statement. There is an order to it. If you first repent of your sin, you turn from your wicked ways and you begin to seek Him and seek His face. God will show up wherever you are. He will begin to order your steps. The Word tells us that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Y'all, that's not a casual experience. I look back over... short time that I've been here. And we've had highs and we've had lows. Y'all, this has been a tough year for me. I've had challenges I've never had to face before. But God has always been faithful to me. It didn't matter how I felt. It didn't matter what my emotional state was. God was always there. I can always turn to Him and He'll... Nudge me along. I don't want to repeat next year of this past year. You know what I want? I want to be like Nehemiah. I want to stand there and fight that fight. When Listen, when the enemy is coming, I know he's around the corner. I want to stand there with my sword in one hand, working with the other hand. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we get so focused on the battle, we don't get any of the work done. Sometimes we get so busy working, there ain't no fighting going on. But when, when, when God will revive you, He brings you not only to a place where you can work and fight, but He gives you the mental understanding that there is a situation in your life that needs to be changed. He brings you to a place where you can say, you know what? I've got issues I need to address. I need to turn to God and see if He won't work them out for me. Help me to understand where I have a problem and repent of it. You see, the, we, we all the time look at other people's problems. And Jesus told us not to be looking at your brother and the thorn he has in his eye. A little, a little sticker. When you've got a big log in yours, how can you see it? How can you know their situation when you got so many problems of your own? You can't. Your vision becomes cluttered and blurred by your own sin. You see, when we look at things from a worldly perspective... We don't see them in the right light. The Word tells us that a spiritual man can understand both the the carnal and the spiritual. Are you walking in the Spirit? You see, you want to follow God. You want to be a disciple of Jesus. You can't do that walking in the flesh. It cannot be done. The two don't, don't work together. They are mutually exclusive. You can't go down the same path and serve two masters. You've got to get on the one path 
to serve the one you want to, don't you? When you get over on the path of the world, God is not there. He is not that direction. But that's what we do. We start out walking toward our Savior. We start out looking to Him. And then before you know it, our attention is diverted to something else. Nehemiah and those other Israelites would not have been able to build those walls and build those gates and secure that city if it weren't for them focusing on God. Trusting in Him. Those Israelites would not have been able to go into the promised land and conquer nation after nation after nation if they weren't following God. Every time you watch, you go back and read, every time they took their eyes off of God and didn't do what they said, what happened? They got bit, didn't they? They went the wrong way. Y'all, I'm telling you today, there's people here today going the wrong way. I want you to hear what I'm telling you. Be revived. Cry out to God right now. The Word says that if you will turn to Him, He will turn to you. He will draw close to you if you draw close to Him. He seems like He's at a distance sometimes. But that's because you walked away from Him. You set Him at a distance. Because of sin in your life, 99% of the time. Because of sin... You can't see, you say you can't stay close to God and hang on to sin. Sin will drag you far away from Him. I know that sounds like just another cliche, but I'm here to tell you today that is the God's honest truth. You allow a little bit of sin in, and it will pull you from God. You may sit and wonder, why is it that I don't have the same relationship with God that I used to? Why is it I don't see miracles happen? Why is it I don't see the movement of God in church? You're not on the right path. Because I'm going to tell y'all, it's a 100% sure thing. If you're on the right path, you'll see God move. If you're following Him, you'll see Him moving in your life. It, it It can't happen without Him. If you're looking to Him, He will work in your life. Blessings will come. Favor will come. Listen, the Word doesn't tell you for no reason that He'll make you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. It doesn't tell you that just because it sounds really cool. It it does sound cool, I agree. (laughs) But that's not the only reason. He tells you that because it is the absolute truth. When you serve Him and you diligently seek Him, He will reward you. I don't care if you want to call me a prosperity preacher. I'm telling you, He will reward you based on what His Word says. It can't help but happen. You become faithful to God, He will be faithful to you. We need to be revived, y'all. We need a revival. We need God stirring us. Y'all, we can go pretty good ways on our own doing the right thing. That ain't enough. That ain't enough. How far could they have made it building these walls without God? You know, they'd probably made it pretty good ways. They wouldn't have completed it. What would their faith have been like when they got done? It would 
been any. Why? They didn't need God to do it, right? That's exactly what they needed, though. See, the enemy was knocking on the gates. The enemy was all around them. They didn't fight with one hand and work with the other for no reason, right? It's because the enemy was there. At any point in time, he can attack. Y'all, it's the same thing today, but we don't choose to do both. We don't choose to continue working and fighting. You see, that it takes a lot of effort to do service for God and still fight those battles. It is not an easy task. And I want to just challenge you today that it can only be accomplished when you are revived. When God is working in you by the Holy Spirit. When you are supercharged by the Holy Spirit to do His work. That's the only time you can work and fight at the same time. Y'all, there's battles going on for this in this day. There are people out there today that do not know Jesus, and the enemy has got him, got them in his clutches. What did he tell them? He said, Y'all need to fight for your family. For your sons, your daughters, your wives, your husbands, your families, your houses. You need to fight for it. You know why? Because that guy right there is not going to do it for you. He don't have time because he's fighting for his own. Do you understand what I'm saying today, church? We have people all around us that nobody will fight for. They won't make it on their own. They might as well be standing on the outside of the wall when the enemy comes. Easy pickings. No defenses. No one to get their back. You know that saying, I got your back, man. That means I'm watching out for you. I'm going to watch the ways you can't see, right? I'm going into danger. I got somebody back here watching the sides I can't. When's the last time you got on your knees and fought for somebody? Day after day after day. Y'all, the enemy don't give up easy. Especially when he's already got somebody. He's going to hang on to them. He ain't going to let them go unless the fight actually gets poured out on him. Y'all, I'm here today to tell you that we don't serve a God that is weak. We don't serve a God that just throws little rocks here and there. I'm going to tell you when, you, when the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man reaches into the throne room of God, he hears it and he will answer that prayer. He rewards the diligence of his people. I guarantee you everybody sitting here today knows somebody that they can be praying for. I guarantee you even these kids go to school and they know somebody that doesn't know Jesus. You know, almost I know for sure almost all of these kids sitting here today are saved. There's only a couple I, I don't know. Not because I doubt, because I just don't know. They can be doing warfare. And you know what? It's a shame when our kids are doing more fighting than we are. 
when, when a, a young boy can go to school and witness to his friends. And we, not, we aren't doing it. It's a shame. We should be ashamed of that. Because there is a battle going on. People are being claimed day after day after day for the kingdom of hell. Our enemy don't get tired of fighting. He don't ever give up. There's times he has to retreat because he's already been conquered. But he don't give up. He will return. I'm here to tell you today there's plenty of work that needs to be done. And there's plenty of fighting that needs to go along with it. Church, we need a revival in our hearts. We need to turn back to the face of God. Begin to seek His face. You know why Moses could do so much? Because he got into the glory of God. He desired His presence. He desired to be pleasing to God. Simple as that. He didn't have to go sit and study things up for years on years and on years. No, he sought God and God answered it. God called him. God's calling you today, church. Don't think that because of whatever situation currently in your life that He can't still use you. Don't think that you're at a place where I haven't yet got to a point where where I can be used by God. You look in the New Testament and you see if those new Christians didn't get out there and get to fighting and get to work. Those new Christians did. They immediately begin to witness of the greatness of God, the wonderful things He had done in their life. Y'all, I'm telling you today, if you got saved yesterday, you have a testimony. If you got saved an hour ago, you have a testimony. You may not be an expert in the Bible, but you can tell people about what God did for you. That's all a witness is. Do you understand that? Do you understand you don't have to be a biblical scholar to be able to tell somebody what God did in your life? You don't even have to understand it all. That man said, I don't know anything about him if he's a prophet or not. All I know is I was blind, now I see. Praise God. You see, it doesn't matter what you understand about it. It doesn't matter how great of an understanding you have of Jesus Christ. All I know is I was dead and now I'm alive. I was going to hell, now I'm going to heaven. I had sin, now I have none. Praise God I'm healed. Praise God I'm saved. Praise God I have blessed assurance. There is no greater King. There is no greater Lord. He's been so good to me. These people long for God's blessings to return. Can y'all imagine being in captivity all them years? Think about when Moses was sent to pull those Israelites out of Egypt. They had set in bondage under the whip of those taskmasters, working. Working their fingers till they bled. You understand? Those taskmasters didn't care anything about them. They didn't care if they could get up that morning. 
They'd just beat them till they did. You understand, they didn't have any compassion on those people. They were just animals to them. Those people longed for a time when God's favor would return. You know they prayed and they prayed, Oh God, oh God, won't you come and pull us out of here? Y'all, I'm telling you today, some of y'all are sitting in bondage. You're sitting in, you're in Egypt. There is a time that you sit in, in sin. You sit in the results of sin. But there is a time to just get up and say, you know what? No more. God, I need you. Swallow that pride. Swallow everything else the world has shoved in your face and say, you know what? No more. God, I need You. Revive me again, Lord. God, I know You've done great things in my life before. Do them again, God. God, bring me where I need to be. God, resurrect my spirit within me, God. David said, restore or renew a right spirit within me. You see, we get our spirits all screwed up sometimes looking to the things of the world. Sometimes we got to go to God and say, God, renew a right spirit within me. Put me the way I ought to be. Let me seek your face. Y'all ever cry out to God and say, God, show me your glory. Just show me your glory. Moses did that time after time. Y'all, it wasn't a one-time event. It wasn't like he just, oh God, show me your glory. Oh, here it is. That's nice. No. But he called out on God. He called out to Him over and over. And you know what God did? He showed Him His glory. He responded. Because that's what God does. He hears your prayer and He will answer Sometimes you got to fight. Daniel prayed and prayed and prayed. And it seemed like God wasn't responding. He fasted for days and days and days. And then. See, it's always the and then. There is a period where you don't hear anything. And then. An angel of the Lord showed up. He said, Daniel, you know what? I've been on my way since you began praying. (laughs) Y'all hear what I'm saying? I've been on my way since you started praying, but I was held up by the prince of Persia. He resisted me, but guess what? Gabriel, the archangel, came and fought with me. And here I am to deliver a word to you from God. God is here to answer your prayer. You hear what I'm saying, people? You keep praying. You pray one time, you say, well, I guess God didn't hear. You know what happened? That angel was dispatched. That angel was dispatched. And then you gave up. He said, oh, well. Turned around and went back. You stay on that. You keep praying. You keep fighting that battle. You cry out to God, God, I'm weak, I'm tired. Revive me, Lord. Revive me. Revive me. 